4: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms
5: apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex. Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
6: Oh, it was a debacle on the field and off the field as well for a Saint starting quarterback Ian Book. Welcome in, I'm Brian. Though in for Big Ben Maller here on Fox Sports Radio. Feel free to check on in. The water's great. Come on in. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. 877-996-6369. So Ian Book, first NFL start was not good. Was not good. The numbers are hideous. They are nightmare-inducing for not just Ian Book, but the Saints offense collectively. Now, the reason he was in there to begin with, was because of COVID issues. Taysom Hill is on the COVID list. Trevor Simeon was on the COVID list. So Ian Book got the start. Blake Bortles was signed as the backup. And what I think is hilarious, the Saints reached out to both Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers to gauge their interest in being emergency backup quarterbacks. Now that part of it is stunning to me. Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers could step foot into an NFL uniform like Drew Brees from doing Notre Dame games and on Sunday night football, he could step in and be way better than Ian Book and Phillip Rivers, he could have just let himself completely go. I know he's coaching college, uh, high school football and all of that, but even if Philip Rivers just let himself go, he could have stepped in and done way better than Ian Book. So I don't even know what the Saints, if that's true, hey, hey, Drew Brees, Just gaging your interest, would you care to back up Ian Book and Blake Bortles? What do you think? You up for that? And according to reports, Drew Brees just responded with a picture of him playing golf. Which is the appropriate response. Back up Book and Bortles? What? are, Are you unfamiliar with my work over here? So Ian Book, his second pass attempt in the NFL, it was a pick six. And that's what got the starting uh, the scoring started for the Dolphins. They took a 7 nothing lead and did not look back. It was a beatdown, at least in terms of the Dolphins' defense getting the better of the Saints' offense. The Saints could do nothing. They gained 164 yards of total offense, and 56 of those yards were on a Lil' jo- Jordan Humphrey catch along the sideline in garbage time right garbage time accounted for most of those yards 164 yards Ian Book under siege this is ugly too under pressure is not just Ian Book playing badly the offensive line was bad didn't provide time I mean Ian Book contributed there were times where he was rolling out to his right and instead of just throwing the ball out of bounds he just waltzed out of bounds and it's like dude you just cost yourself 11 yards and that's officially a sack instead of just throwing the ball away so it was a combination of book being bad and the offensive line being bad as well and it comes out to 29 dropbacks for ian book 13 hits nine knockdowns eight sacks and two interceptions just brutal the saints did not convert Any third down, 0 for 12 in the game, minus two yards in the first quarter. It was just any way you slice it. It was just putrid. Now, I think adding to the misery is Ian Book in the post-game press conference saying this. Rookie mistake. Check this out.
7: I was having fun. I wanted to go out there and and bring energy. I thought I could have played a little bit faster. You know, obviously doing some thinking, first time being out there, and you just learn so much from actually getting for playing. Once you're out there playing, it's like, man, I learned a lot already.
6: Uh, I don't know how, when I rattled off the numbers, 164 yards of total offense and eight sacks and all of that stuff, right? How can you in the post game press conference be like? Oh, I was having fun out there. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Man? And look, I am. I was born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. Okay, I love Notre Dame football. There's no Irish animosity, but I gotta call it like I see it. That's just embarrassing for the effort of the Saints offense to be so bad. You can't be out there in the post game press conference saying, I was having a lot of fun out there. I understand that you're on the field instead of holding a clipboard. I understand that. But that's just a rookie mistake. There were rookie mistakes galore from Ian Book on the field, off the field, in the post-game press conference. And this isn't nitpicking. This is welcome to life in the NFL as a quarterback. Like, all the details matter. And if you lead off after that display with, I was having fun out there. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, The better unsaid. I can understand saying, hey, I learned a lot. It's my first start. Fine. No issue. But I was having a great old time out there. (laughs) It's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm Brian No in for Big Ben here on Fox Sports Radio. Now I got a tweet from my guy Aussie. And uh, he writes in, hey, Brian, was there too much Notre Dame in Ian Book today? Man, he stunk up the joint. Defend your guy the way he played he should have been playing for my Broncos on offense. I, there's no defending that. There just isn't. that. I know it's his first start, and I'm not expecting him to be a finished, polished product, but it's got to be better than that, man. It's got to be way better. There were some mistakes where you know in grade school not to do that. Certainly high school, you can't <laughs> – when you're outside the pocket near the sideline, you just have to throw the ball away if no one's open instead of just running out of bounds and losing yards. Like That's just basic. So some of that stuff, there's no defending. Now, the, later, the latter part of that tweet I think is interesting. Should have been playing for my Broncos offense. If we switch from Book's horrible debut in the Saints' rotten offense and uh, move over to the Broncos here, so Vic Fangio, their head coach, he was asked about his job security, and he said, oh, I'm not worried about that whatsoever. And he also said, he was asked the question um, if he thought he deserved to be back in 2022. And if so, this is it would be the final year of his contract. He's in year three right now of a four-year contract. And so the question was, do you deserve to be back? And if so, would you coach the final year on your deal without an extension? And Vic Fangio just said, absolutely. Just the direct short answer there, absolutely. So he would. He'd be a lame duck coach, but he's like, it's better than being a out-of-job head coach, right? Like Who cares? Yeah, I'll coach the last year uh, of my contract. I'll, I'll, you know, I don't need an extension. I'll, year four, fine. That's all I need. Absolutely, I'm up for that. And so he says he should be back. Now... Here's the deal. Vic Fangio is 19 and 28 in three seasons with the Broncos. And the Broncos are 7 and 8 this year. Their defense is really good, currently tied for number one in scoring defense. The offense stinks. I would love a press conference. This will never happen because you'd be negotiating against yourself. Wouldn't be a smart move. But I would love just a complete honest press conference where Vic Fangio, he's asked this question, like, do you deserve to be back in 2022? And he's like, absolutely. And the follow-up question is, well, well, why? What's the argument? I just want to hear it. It'd be great if he was like, um, I don't know. It'd be great if I had a quarterback. Let's start with that. We've got talent on defense. We've got talent on offense. Look at the pass catchers. Look at what we have to throw to. We've got a legitimate supporting cast. We just need A freaking quarterback. I would love to hear that. He's not going to say that and throw his quarterbacks under the bus. He's going to have a more measured approach than that. But that's the truth of it. Does Vic Fangio deserve to be back? Look, I think that until they have a franchise quarterback, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they run it back with Vic Fangio for one more year or give him a contract extension or bring in whomever. It doesn't matter. Until you have a quarterback, especially in that division, you're going to be hovering around 7-8 and eight at this stage of the season. You know, all right, Maybe you have a better year and you're, I don't know, you're 9-6 and six or, or whatever. It's not going to be remarkably better. What's holding the Denver Broncos back is a lack of a franchise quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't horrible this year, but he's still nowhere near Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. He's behind Derek Carr. I'll take Derek Carr over Teddy Bridgewater all day. And that's like, look, you can have your Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater argument, it's small potatoes. Like, you saw the difference when the Chiefs are beating the Broncos. Remember that Sunday night game, 22-9? Like The Denver offense is just, they're not good enough. They need a franchise quarterback. So, for Vic Fangio, yeah, I think he could work there. Their defense has been fantastic. Of course, that's his background. If you actually go after a quarterback, which they didn't do last offseason, that isn't a bridge quarterback, and that's exactly what Bridgewater is, these are the results you're going to get. So if it's the honest truth and the, hey, I'm just going to tell you what I think, and I don't care what the ramifications are. If Vic Fangio is asked, do you deserve to be back? Yeah. Why? I don't have a franchise quarterback. And we're competitive right now. Yeah, that that's the main reason why I deserve to be back. I would I would like to see Vic Fangio matched up with a franchise quarterback. And the obvious response is, well, he's a defensive guy. How can he get the most out of him? Look at Pete Carroll. I think he's done a great job over his tenure in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Okay? Like this idea that defensive minded head coaches or coaches with a defensive background can't get the most out of their quarterback, and especially a young quarterback, is silly. He just put the onus on having a good offensive coordinator at that point. But, uh, yeah, I think Ian Book stunk on Monday night. I don't think it. I know it. And I also think that the Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, two-headed monster stinks. (laughs) Think about this. The Raiders... Not exactly the best defense in football. They leave a lot to be desired. The Broncos gained 158 yards of total offense against the Raiders on Sunday. A buck 58. Just to put that in perspective, that's less than what Ian Book in his very first start in the NFL was able to do leading the Saints offense against the Dolphins. The Saints gained 164 yards, which is awful in total offense, against Miami. In Ian Book's first start, the Broncos gained 158 yards of total offense against the Raiders. That's pathetic. and <laughs> That's why it, they need to go after a franchise quarterback instead of saying, oh, I don't know, it's kind of risky if we draft a guy here. Let's get Teddy Bridgewater. Ah, you're 7-8. and eight. Not a shocker. All right, 877-99-ON-FOX is your phone number. Coming up next, oh, man. No one wants to be the favorite, and this is the most ridiculous example, I believe, to date. That's on the way. I'm Brian Noe, in for Big Ben. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live
1: editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into 150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's out- bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career.
5: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and any time is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
7: We believe in the power of the people, and the Maller militia get the most out of the Ben Maller Show listening experience by adding your touch. Take a few seconds to follow your host on Twitter. In for Big Ben, it is Brian Noe, and he is at the No Show N O E. And you can tweet that and follow our technical producer. He plays all the music and most funny sound bites. Of the Ben Maller Show. First name is Roberto. Last name is Flores. You can follow him at Raider underscore Rob 24.
1: Roberto.
6: And now live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Brian No. Now, I've got a random question for you, Eddie, which I typically have for you. But um, no reason for asking, but do you have any guilty pleasure movies? Right, we always talk about that with music, but do you have any guilty pleasure movies?
7: Uh, yes. Um, it was a, a long time ago. Uh, actually, the movie Ted kind of made it famous, but the the movie Flash Gordon uh-huh. uh, is a guilty pleasure of mine and has been for quite some time. It's not good. Um, <laughs> Queen did the soundtrack for it. Really? Yes. Um, it starred a guy named Sam J. Jones, who was not a good actor. <laughs> Um, although Max von Sadao, I believe is his last name. He just passed away not that long ago. Uh, he played Ming the Merciless. Excellent. He was very good.
6: Yeah. What is it about that movie that you dig? If you're like, "Ah, no, it's it's
7: one of those. It's like, it's so bad. It's kind
6: of fun. And I, you know, I was
7: younger at the time, so I kind of liked it for some reason, but it's not good at all.
6: I do love coops. We were just talking about this. I don't even know why it, it came to mind, but. Would you like to divulge what your guilty pleasure movie is, Coop? Legally Blonde. Yeah. Um, what is it about Legally Blonde that you're all about? I just thought it was funny. Um, and it was
0: also my first introduction to Reese Witherspoon.
6: Oh, really? Okay. She was high on the, the Coop list right there at the time, huh? Yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I, I mean... Look, she was never in the same
3: like lofty heights as Angelina Jolie, but uh I just I, I liked
6: I liked the character. I liked the whole premise of the movie. I thought it was I thought it was funny. I didn't know about Angelina Jolie. What? With you? I definitely knew about Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't know about Angelina though. Oh yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> I don't
7: know if this will be amusing anymore, but it reminds me one of my really good friends had a huge crush on Bridget Wilson. She was like a c-list actress uh-huh. but she married pete sampras oh and my buddy like hated pete sampras's guts <laughs> because of it and he would like call him the man ape and all the he would just have these horrible things to say about pete sampras because because <laughs> <The> man- <laughs> he married this girl he had a crush on she looks, the she man looks,
8: ape
7: man she familiar. dude what do I know she was from? in uh billy madison ah, yeah okay yeah, yeah she yeah. was like the teacher
6: or something yeah, I'm looking her up. But he was, like, but he was some... like,
7: he was really legitimately hated Pete Sampras.
6: Wow, <laughs> that's funny, man. The what did he say? The what did he call Called him? him the, a man ape. The man ape. Yeah. He was pretty <laughs> hair. <Yeah. laughs>
7: and then ironically, he lost a lot of his hair on his head, but uh, everywhere else he had hair. That's Doesn't
6: that sucks. The ah. l- the older you get, that's just not fair. You know, we should uh, it should be the reverse right there. Now, my guilty pleasure movie would be The Heat. And uh, I, th- I th- not Not, I it's not
7: Heat, The Heat.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Heat the was heat. amazing. Movie. Oh, amazing. Movie. Oh, I love that movie. That wouldn't be a guilty pleasure at What is, what at is all.
7: The Heat about?
6: Yeah, The Heat is with Sandra Bullock and uh, Melissa McCarthy. And uh, I don't know, like uh, they're both, I don't know. I think uh, Sandra Bullock is like a detective. It's a buddy comedy. McCarthy, yeah, kind of like that. And uh, it's hilarious. I thought it was really funny. Bill Burr is in it, the comedian. They play. Uh, he's one of uh, Melissa McCarthy in the movie, like their family from Boston. I thought it was pretty funny, but it's definitely he's a also punching now
7: movie. for the Texans. Did you see that? <laughs> I
6: do, he looks exactly oh my like. God, it's it was unbelievable. Yeah, that was crazy. I was well because I uh, had a vested interest on the Chargers oh. on Sunday. <laughs> so did
7: wow. my house. Yeah. Goodness, that was brutal. Well, to be fair, it was Rex Burkhead running all over them. I mean, come on.
6: 149 yards and two touchdowns from Rex Burkhead. By the way, does your lovely wife, Eddie Garcia, does she drop F-bombs at the Chargers routinely because of how they play and rip her heart out and all Chargers fans routinely? Mm,
7: I don't know about routinely, but it does happen, yeah.
6: Yeah, all right. Every now and then, there's just, you can't help it, you know. I would think that loss to the Texans allowing 41 points, that would that would do it. That would absolutely do it. Okay, real fast here, the example that everyone wants to be an underdog, that is from one of the semifinal college football playoff games. I can't even believe this is real. But there is a an Alabama linebacker, Will Anderson Jr., And Alabama is taking on Cincinnati and Will Anderson Jr. is like, oh, we consider ourselves the underdog for this game. And as you're kind of watching this unfold and your eyes start to gloss over like what? He's like, well, we've been an underdog all year. A lot of people have not thought that we're the Alabama of old and yada, yada, yada. And, yeah, certainly there's there have been some naysayers. They were underdogs against Georgia in the SEC championship game. But Alabama's favored by 13.5 against the Bearcats. They're nowhere near underdogs, but it's just it's another example. No one wants to be the favorite. No one ever wants to be the favorite. They always want to play the, hey, we're not getting our respect. It's us against the world. Like Alabama is trying to play the underdog role against the Cincinnati Bearcats. I don't think there's a more ridiculous example of this, trying to shoehorn yourself into being the underdog, when you're facing a group of five team and you're Bama. But here we are. Here we are. And listen, I understand it. And this is actually good. If I'm Nick Saban, I would love this. I would love for my team to think, we're the underdog. We're not getting the respect. They don't think we, I'm like, yeah, go with that. Absolutely. And I would expect that Nick Saban had a lot to do with some players arriving at the conclusion that we're underdogs in this matchup over here. We're not getting our respect and our love. and I think that's a good mindset for Bama to have, but make no mistake, it's freaking ridiculous because they're nowhere near an underdog for this particular game. You know, I hope, and I'll hit you with a little bit of honesty. I know that we're supposed to not root against teams. Forget all that. Like, I hope Cincinnati loses by eight touchdowns. I hope they get worked. And it's really not their fault. It's just the talking heads this year. Midway through the season, this Cincinnati team belongs if you don't think so. Bad, bad, bad. Oh, my gosh. Cincinnati, they beat Notre Dame. That's their resume. I hope they lose by at least seven touchdowns. I want them to get beaten down worse than the Washington football team did against the Dallas Cowboys. And just how those, yeah, I know. It's the truth, though. Just like those Cowboy fans were upset that the Cowboys didn't go for it on fourth and one late. (laughs) They were leading by, I don't even know at the time, five or six touchdowns. Fourth and one, they didn't go for it, and the fans were like, "Bo, <laughs> like beat them down worse." That's gonna be me cheering on Alabama against the Bearcats. I just can't take all of the media preachers that were at the pulpit just beating the table in favor of the Bearcats. I oh, I hope they get steamrolled. I do. You're a terrible person. <laughs> So I'm taking it you don't share the same opinion, Eddie. Garcia.
7: I couldn't be on the exact polar opposite more than I am
6: with you. Okay, let me let me hear your your stance. Where are you coming from on this?
7: Well, first of all, I, Alabama is is the evil empire. Why? Who, if you're not an Alabama fan, why in God's name would you root for them?
8: I agree with that.
6: I mean, that's fair. I don't care who they're playing. Yeah. Well, I'd rather see Bama in the title And, and game. by the way, I grew up an Alabama fan, and I'm saying this. Wow. Did you change over the years?
7: Yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have, my mom is from Birmingham. All her family's there. They're all huge Crimson Tide fans, so I grew up huh. loving Alabama.
6: No kidding. You used to say Roll Tide and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Was it when you went to Fresno State? Is that, that what was, changed That you? was a
7: huge part of it, and also, I really don't like Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like him. <laughs> Which is ironic. It's like, yeah, you're an Alabama fan, and and Nick Saban become the head coach, and they're now the power of of the universe, and now you don't like them anymore. That's really weird, but it's true.
6: Yeah. Hey, I get it, and that's a legitimate stance. I don't want to root for the evil empire, but I will make an exception when it's against the eviler wannabe empire, and that's the Cincinnati. Oh, that is ridiculous. That's the truth. Ridiculous. Stone-cold truth right there. Uh, But we'll see what happens. We're inching closer, right? The semifinal games are on Friday. (laughs) We've waited all this time, and it's like, oh, gosh, it's right around the corner.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
8: I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth
6: I love when we have these big disagreements on things. You know, we've got the, I don't know what it is about Ohio, right? We've got the Browns. That was a big disagreement. Now it's the Cincinnati Bearcats. There's just something about that state where we butt heads. We have strong stances when it comes to that. That's all good. let me go out to the phones here. Let's go straight to Cincinnati. Pat is over there, has some thoughts for us. Welcome to Fox Sports Radio, Pat.
8: Brian, thanks so much for having me on. You're doing a very capable job filling in for Ben tonight. Thanks, uh, bud. My question is, I said you're doing a capable job for Philly and for Ben. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I just is,
6: said I said thank you. Though. I appreciate oh, that. I'm, That's nice I'm of you, you.
8: my dog is snoring next to me on the couch here. Um, my question is, man, perfect timing. We don't hold for about three hours. Why are you? Have saying, you I'm really? Uh, about two hours, yeah.
6: Oh my gosh, Pat! I had no idea. I'm sorry. I did not hold I for five. Five no,
8: no, 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 no. Perfect. Straight up. Uh, uh. Where are you – why are you hating on the the Bearcats? <laughs> uh, the lose by four touchdowns, what? They're going to cover easy. Easy? easy cover,
6: we we got to bet on this, Pat. We got to bet. Right. Like 13-and-a-half, you've got the Bearcats plus oh. the points. I'll lay those points all day. Bama is going to work the Bearcats, baby.
8: No, no, they're not. By the way, how about a little love on hold forever? How about a love for Joe Burrow and the Bengals, man? I mean, the guy – No press. I mean, you haven't talked about him one time. The Bengals are legit.
6: I did a whole thing on Joe Burrow earlier, right? You must not have been on hold yet. You know, you're making up. You're doctoring these numbers here, Pat. But, yeah, I did a whole (laughs) thing on he's got the fourth most passing yards in a single game, and I gave you the top three guys. I did a whole thing on Joe Burrow. I I was throwing him bouquets of roses.
8: I work at a casino I just got off about a couple hours ago. So, I mean, so you're, saying, you're on the records, and the Bearcats are going to get whooped. You hope they get whooped by, like, yeah. four or five countries. Why oh, the yeah. hatred toward a little small, simple little town in the Midwest? But have you been to Ohio? Have you flown oh, yeah. over Ohio?
6: Oh, yeah, I've been over to Ohio. I embrace Ohio. But, I, you know, I have to tell the truth. I'm an ally of honesty over here, Pat. And it's really, I've made it clear, it's not against the Bearcats themselves. It's against mostly the media. And some I of won. the obnoxious fans where it's like, if you don't think the Bearcats belong, and this is midway through the season, you don't understand college football. Well, like, let get me, over yourself. I don't want to hear that. Brian, Brian, let me tell you for a second. Uh,
8: last time I checked, Bearcats rolled in the South Bend. What happened? What? I know. What? I know. They, they
6: and that's their entire resume. I give them credit. That was a nice win. But you know what? It's the perfect storm because Notre Dame's a mediocre team this year. They're not very good. <laughs> their schedule was turned out to be cake. They're not good. They're, just, they're a one-loss team that's number 5 in the country, but process of, of elimination, really. They're nothing special. Okay, Cincinnati beat them. Notre Dame's nowhere near Alabama or Georgia this year.
8: All right, let's go back to Bengals real quick. How far do you think they go to the playoffs? Uh, I,
6: I think they can win one game. I don't think they have a deep playoff run.
8: All right, listen. You rock it. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great night, my friend. All
6: right, you too. Appreciate that, Pat. Pat next but, to by the, the snoring way, dog. Coop says he was on hold for 45 minutes. <laughs> Coop, do you deal with that a lot where people call in and like, I've been on hold for six days and it's been like 25 minutes? Always. That's how it goes. Yeah. I know. It seems longer, you know. Um, There he is, Pat in Cincinnati. That was fun. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I, I have to tell you what I honestly think. And um, I think that Alabama will win convincingly. I think they will cover the spread. I just don't believe in Cincinnati. Look, I'll give them roses if they prove me wrong. I really will. But their, their schedule sucks. I don't understand why people think that they've done anything impressive. I'll go over it rapid fire style. They struggled against Indiana their third game of the year. Indiana turned out to be brutal. They beat Notre Dame. That is their one impressive feat of the season from the Bearcats. And then they struggled against Navy. Struggled against Tulsa. These are one-possession games. Like, you struggled... For a big portion of the game against South Florida? Like, that just can't happen. They played well down the stretch. They blew out SMU. That was another nice win. So I'll give them credit for at Notre Dame and beating SMU. And that's it. No more love. I don't believe in them. I think Desmond Ritter is he's all right. Uh, I don't think that he's a a game changer. He's a good college quarterback. But I think against Alabama, that's just a, a notch above. Like, you're watching the AC. I call it the AC, the uh, American Athletic Conference, I, I call it the AC. I'm watching the AC championship game against Houston. They, they could slow Houston down at all. Look at Georgia's defense. Georgia's defense had nothing for Bryce Young and Bama in the SEC championship game. But I'm supposed to believe that the Cincinnati Bearcats, who can't slow down Houston, they're going to all of a sudden slow down Alabama enough where they're going to be able to outscore them. It's not happening at all. <laughs> this is, And trust me, I'm speaking from experience, because I've fallen for it a couple of times too with my beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish. There are years where I'm like, hey, based on the regular season, Notre Dame's played pretty well. I mean, they're, they're 12-0 back in 2012 in the BCS era, and they played Alabama, and they got smacked by four touchdowns. And then Notre Dame was in the playoff two of three years, and it's like, hey, they played great in 2018. Against Clemson, 30-3. to Smackdown, right? Then a couple of years later against Alabama. Competitive game, but 31-14. Beatdown, right? You start talking yourself into, well, I've seen them play pretty well in the regular season against competition that isn't even close to Alabama. That's why Cincinnati's going to get freaking worked And I'm going to love it. They're going to lose by three, four touchdowns. I I hope it's double that. It's not going to be, but I would love for it to just be an utter whooping. And I hate to root for the evil empire, as Eddie pointed out, but I will make an exception. And I don't know what it is. I don't know who said it. I think it was Sean McDonough. He did a couple of games, and he's just preaching at the pulpit of Bearcats football. If you don't think this team belongs, and I'm like, oh, you're making me hate their guts, Sean McDonough. But, and he's, but not he's the only right, media. But he's guy. right. No, he's wrong.
7: No, he's not. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> their resume is there's no way they're not in, in the top four.
6: Right. No, they deserve to be in the top four. I'm just saying at that stage of the season, he wasn't right. Like they moved up because some teams above them lost, and then they moved up. I have no problem with them being one of the top four teams. They should be there. They are undefeated. I can't make an argument for Notre Dame over Cincinnati when the Bearcats beat them. Like, they definitely belong there now. But at that stage, midway through the season, when people were saying that, it was ridiculous. And that turned me against the Medi Garcia. I hate to do that to the Bearcats, but... Oh, well. You know, I'll sleep easy. (laughs) Uh, My mind goes in random directions. I'm wondering with, um, you know, Pat... Next to the snoring dog. Are there breeds that are known to be louder snorers than others if we're talking about dogs, right? That's where my mind goes. Now, I'm super curious about that. What dog breed was he next to? Uh, Which dog breeds are louder than others? I would imagine that bulldogs sleep pretty loudly, right? Yeah. I don't know. My mind goes in weird directions. I'm sorry. I apologize. Top of the hour. Oh, baby. Uh, Adam Silver, he's got some big plans, quote-unquote big plans. And also, coming up next, I don't love it, but I understand it. Uh, Details on that. I'm Brian, though, in for Big Ben Maller. Keep it locked here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: Nothing good happens after midnight unless you listen to the Ben Maller Show. Join the fastest growing club on Fox Sports Radio. You can follow your host in for Ben Maller. It's Brian Noe. He is at The No Show, N-O-E. You can also follow the Ben Maller Show Facebook account, Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. And on Instagram, it's at Ben Maller on Fox. And you can add your touch to weekly show bits like Ask Ben and
6: Lame Jokes. And now
7: live, From the Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Brian No,
6: Yeah, so I've noticed this with the Ohio State. You know, they go the, it's their thing. I like it. You know, a lot of people try to copy it. They're wannabes. I don't go the, because I think it's pretentious. You know, I go the no-show, right? I, I don't go the. But the Ohio State, they've got four players, starters, that are opting out of the Rose Bowl. Not one of these pitley bowl games, but they're opting out of the Rose Bowl against Utah. That includes their wide receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, among others. And look, I'm not going to drag this thing out because we've been through this time and time again. In my stance, when dudes opt out of bowl games and uh, they're entering the NFL draft, I might not like that they're not going to play the game, but I certainly understand that they're protecting their the lottery ticket, right? Like they've got a chance to make millions in the NFL, and they don't want to mess that up. So I can certainly understand that. The only thing I'd like to add to it is I think that there are a lot of uh, college players that they act like they're all going to be top ten picks, you know. And there are a lot of guys that they can boost their stock by playing in a major bowl game and playing well. I'm not saying you're going to go from a third-rounder to a top-five pick if you play well in the Rose Bowl, but there's this idea where the flip side of, hey, I don't want to play and get injured and my draft stock plummets. That's fair. I understand that. I totally do. But I think the flip side is, well, you might play in the game and not get hurt because there aren't major injuries occurring like every single game, you know? So you might play in the game, you might completely avoid the injury bug, and you might play well enough to help boost your stock. So I just think that's part of the equation, and it's rarely looked at that way, at least with the players that are opting out. So, look, I'm not going to hate on a player that says, I'm going to take the safe route, I'm going to be a higher pick, I don't want to get hurt. I always think about Jalen Smith at Notre Dame, the linebacker. who He got hurt against Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Again, that's a major bowl game. And uh, he got hurt, and his draft stock plummeted. He would have been a top five, at worst a top ten pick. And he went in the second round with the Dallas Cowboys. That's a ton of money. So I certainly understand it, but I just think that you can boost your stock playing in that game. Think about... The senior bowl or anything like that. Like, How is that different? How is that different than a major bowl game or the practices that week? It's not, but players treat it as if it's completely different. All right, coming up next. Oh, man, there are big plans for a big splash, and I I don't think it's going to work like that.
4: weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.